Amen. Well, if we could stand to our feet, amen, we're going to go to the word of the Lord. And uh, we want to take full advantage of the time that we have on the midweek. Amen. I have <clears throat> been in the, uh, the great position of not having to work the last couple of weeks, so I'm not too worried. But I know that, uh, you know, next week I'll be back in the, in the race, you know, and uh, trying to get home early and go to bed and all that good stuff. Uh, but for now, I am relaxed and I'm thankful, amen, for the blessings of the Lord. Amen. God's been good and I'm thankful for everything that he's done in my life. Uh, I want to direct our attention tonight to the book of Acts chapter number 7. Uh, Acts chapter number 7 and verse 35 is where we'll begin tonight. Amen. Acts chapter 7 and verse 35. Usually we go to the book of Acts. It's, we kind of know there's two chapters that we go to, the Pentecostal church, either Acts chapter 1 or it's Acts chapter 2. But tonight we're going to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7 and beginning with verse 35. Amen. It should be an easy book to find. Acts chapter 7, verse 35, it says this. This Moses whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness Forty years. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear. And verse number 38 says it like this. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. The church in the wilderness which the angel with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai, and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. And I want to talk, teach, preach, whatever the Lord has for a few moments tonight on this simple thought, uh, but there's much to it, is the church as the expression of God. The church as the expression of God. One more time, the church as the expression of God. Amen. Why don't we set our Bibles aside and ask the Lord to anoint us and to talk to us tonight. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your power tonight. God, we're asking you that you would anoint my lips of clay. God, I am but mud. I am a humble servant in the hands of God. And I pray that you would use me, God, to be a blessing to your people, God. I pray you would anoint your people, Lord, anoint their hearts to receive your word, God. God, we're trying to discover more about you, God. We're trying to draw closer to you. We are trying to align ourselves to the perfect word of God, the will of God for our lives. And we're asking you today, God, to once again move us forward in you, Lord, and will not fail to bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' matchless name. Everyone said, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. The word church comes from the word many of us know as ecclesia. It is the ecclesia. It's the Greek word ecclesia, which means the called out ones. The called out ones. Uh, 1 Timothy Chapter 3 and verse number 15 says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church 
of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Amen. Uh, Paul writes to Timothy and refers to the church as the pillar and ground of the truth. And it is truly the church house is where we uh, it is where we get grounded in the word of God. And it is that pillar. Uh, it is something that makes people uh, grounded to truth. It's the pillar and the ground of the truth. Amen. The church is something that I want to be a part of. I want to be connected to. I want my life to be grounded in the word of God. And I get my ground and I get my understanding. Amen. In the house of the Lord. In the church house. Amen. Hearing the preacher preach and the, or the teacher teach time after time. And I'm 36 years old. I've been going to church for a long time. Amen. Not nearly as long as some of you uh, have been privileged to go to church. Amen. But uh, it has helped me to be grounded. It's helped me to be connected to something that's unmoving such as a pillar and a ground and the ground of truth. In the Old Testament up to Genesis chapter number 12, God dealt with the entire human race as a whole. Amen. Prior to Genesis chapter 12, God spoke to uh, God dealt with the entire human race as a whole. But with the call of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, this all changed. And from that point forward, from Genesis chapter 12 and going forward through the scriptures, God established a select people that was known as Abraham's seed. Amen. It was the nation of Israel. And when God spoke to the world, God did so through the mouth of the man called Abraham and through his descendants and God worked through the people of God from that day forward. God did not deal with humanity as a whole, but God dealt with them through the people of God and God spoke his word through the mouth of the servant of the Lord. And that was something that began to change the course of human history as God began to establish the church. God began to establish the vehicle of the church of the living God. And God would use the church, amen, to reach out, amen, into this world that we live in today. And I want to direct your attention, if you will, amen, Genesis chapter 12. We'll just turn there momentarily, amen, Genesis chapter 12. And we'll read that first encounter that God had with Abraham, or at this time was Abram. Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country. This is a call that Abram received. Amen. To come out. Amen. There's that coming out. That's the beginning of the church age. That's, that's the beginning of the, the people of God being called out. Uh, not the church age just yet, but that's the part of the people of God being called out from amongst the country in which they live. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 2, there's three different things in there that's happening. There's, uh, there's actually four different things. I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And verse, number, and verse number three says, And I will bless them that curse thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Amen. In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And this uh, is beginning to give us a description of what would take place with the people of God, Abraham's seed. 
how that God wanted to bless them. God wanted them to be a great nation. Uh, God wanted to give them a name that would be great in the earth. And God wanted them to be a blessing. And God didn't stop there, but God said, furthermore, I want to bless those that bless thee in this earth. And I'm going to curse those that curse thee in this earth. And, and finally, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Amen. And I would tell you today that it's the will of God that this people of God, this church of the living God, the Abundant Life Center of the city of Lathrop, California, I'll be very specific. God wants this to be a great church. God wants Abundant Life Center to be blessed of the Lord. And when I refer to Abundant Life Center, I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about my family. I'm talking about the church as a whole represented in this place today. God wants this church, your families, to be blessed. And God wants to make His name great through this church. And God wants Abundant Life Center to be a blessing to the world in which we live. And God wants, amen, to pour out His blessings to this, to your neighborhood and to your, to your city, to your communities, through your life. Amen. God wants to flow blessings through His people just like He did. And He expressed His desire to do through Abraham's seed. Amen. God still wants to bless His people. And God wants to, uh, He wants to reveal Himself through His people. Amen. That is why the title of my message is The Church. As the expression of God. The church as the expression of God. Amen. Based on Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3, we can see that the purpose in the earth of the people of God was to reveal God to the rest of the world. Amen. The purpose of the church is to reveal God to the rest of the world. Amen. It's to reveal His plan to the rest of the world. We are to reveal the characteristics and the nature of God to the world in which we live. We're to reveal the plan of God to the world around us. Amen. We're not to conceal, but rather we are to reveal God to our world. And we are to reveal His nature to the world in which we live. Amen. That has been the purpose and the plan of God for Abraham's seed, His physical seed, His natural seed. Amen. But we read in the book of John, chapter number 1, 11 through 12. But he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. John chapter 1 tells us that he came to his own. He came, amen, to the Jewish people. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And I would tell you today to those, amen, that reach out to God and say, God, I want to receive you into my life. It's not just a, some sinner's prayer of I'm going to accept him as my personal Savior. But there's a whole process in receiving Christ into your life where God begins to take the reins of your life and God begins to steer the ship of your life and God begins to fill your being and He begins to fill your soul and you're filled with His Spirit. Amen. And He is in you and you are in Him. Amen. You can become the people of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And God wants, amen, somebody, amen, that would express Himself to this world and He wants the church to be that vehicle. Amen. So that is what we read in John chapter 1, that he came to his own and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, 
Then we read in Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 17. Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 17. And the spirit and the bride say come. And let him that hear it say come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Revelation 22 and 17 begins to uh, open the floodgates, if you will, to all of humanity and to all, amen, that will come. Whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever will, whosoever desires, amen, to have fellowship, relationship with God, they can come. Amen. I would remind you that the curtain was rent in two, amen, as Jesus was crucified on the cross. And whosoever will at that moment in time could come and approach the throne of God with boldness in time of need. And the call is going out again tonight. Whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever is thirsty, let him come. Whosoever is hungry, let him come. Amen. God is trying in 2017 to call out of the Gentile people, of people for his name. Say, God is trying, amen, in this day in which we live. To call out a people unto himself. Amen. That is what God is attempting to do tonight. Amen. But even as we read John chapter 1 and Revelation 22. Amen. That is not the end of the people Israel. The church age is what we find ourselves in tonight. And the church age is a parenthesis in time. In which God is taking out of the Gentiles a people for his name, and that we read in the book of Acts, chapter 15 and 14. Amen. That God's calling out of the Gentile people of people for his name. And I would tell you, Amen, that here today, Amen, God is reaching yet again into the city of Lathrop and into your family, into your homes. And God is calling out, Is there anybody that wants to be identified? As the people of God. Is there anybody that wants to attach themselves. That wants to join themselves. That wants to get together. And become the people of God. Amen. God is reaching in 2017. Amen. To establish a people called out by his name. Hallelujah. And I want to be a part of the people of God. I mean, I want to be a part of the people of God. I want His name on my life. I want His Spirit in my soul. Amen. And I want to identify with the people of God. I want to identify with the calling of God upon my life. Hallelujah. Outside of that life is devoid of meaning. Amen. Outside of that life is devoid of meaning. Amen. I will tell you, amen, from just... Amen. Happy to miss this last Sunday morning service being with my wife in the hospital. And last week we had the week off due to the holidays. Amen. I began to feel that that void set into my life. I've got and I began to realize I need the church of the living God. I've got to find my way back. I've got to get back. I've got to get connected back to God. Amen. You can only go so long. Amen. Without church before you got to realize I need, amen, I need to be in Him and He in me. I've got to be a part. I want to be a part and I must be a part of the church of the living God. Hallelujah. My life is empty and it's devoid of meaning without, amen, the attachment, amen, the connection to the people of God, the church of the living God. 
And I would direct our attention, amen, briefly to the book of Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15 and 14. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 15 and verse number 14. Simeon. And I think I got my scriptures messed up, so we're going to move on. And I'm not going to stay on that one. But let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and beginning with verse number 3. And this is a scripture I was trying to get to. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 3. Amen. It reads like this. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Everyone say the mystery. mystery. What is that mystery? Amen. He made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Whereby when ye read... Ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles, and this is it, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. Amen. It's among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things. By Jesus Christ. Amen. A mystery is not uh, something that is, as we read here, it's not something that we can never know the secret to. We can never know, uh, we can never find out what it's about. Amen. But a mystery is a truth that heretofore was unknown, but now revealed. And that now revealed truth, that now revealed mystery is the Gentile people becoming a part of the people of God through the vehicle of the church. Amen. It's the church of the living God. Amen. That it's the church of the living God that we want to be a part of. We want to be connected to. We want to get in the church. Amen. That we might have that connection to the people of God. We want to be part of what God is doing in 2017. We want to be a part of what God is doing in our world. We want to be a part of what God is doing In this world in which we live. Hallelujah. The church is distinct. And it is unique. Amen. There is no other vehicle like the church of the living God. There is nothing like it throughout all of the age. Throughout all of the ages. Throughout all of the world in which we live. Amen. The church. And I'm thankful to be a part of the church. Something that is distinct and that is unique. And I would tell you. Amen. And there is scripture to back it up. That the church is not. An afterthought and it's not some accident, amen, that stumbled onto the scene of existence, amen. But it was something that was in the mind of God before even the fall of before even the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. For Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 4 tells us, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I'll read that again. 
according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Amen. It has been in the mind of God. It has been in the uh, it has been in the thoughts of God for one day the church to come onto the scene. That's you and I, and to be that complete, that full expression of God to the world in which we live. It's not something, amen, that God is not plan B. The church is not plan B. The church is not uh, some uh, backup plan that God had because the people of God didn't accept him. But from the before the foundations of the world, God had it in his mind that one day there was going to come a church in the city of Lathrop. One day God was going to raise up some families to be a part of that church. And they would be a powerful people. They would be a great people. They would be blessed of God. And all that happened in the mind of God from before the fall of man. It's not an afterthought. It's not some accident. But Abundant Life Center today is here by divine design. Amen. Your family being a part of this church. This church being planted where it is. Amen. Is a part of the divine design of God. And in the mind of God before the foundations of the world. God envisioned this service here tonight. Amen. When the people would gather themselves and hear the preacher preach. From the book, amen, that hasn't changed the unadulterated word of God. And in the mind of God, God envisioned, I believe, this service here tonight for somebody to get a revelation. Amen. God designed this church for a specific season of time. God designed me to be a part of this church that I might add something to it, that I might help drive it forward, that I might finance the mission. And I might be a part of something great in the city of Lathrop. Let's clap our hands and worship the Lord here tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands like you believe that right now. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I'm thankful tonight that I'm a part of the church of living God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You did not stumble upon this church like you may think you did. Amen. But I would tell you it's by divine design. In the mind of God, God, amen, called you to this church. God called you to this place. And God called you right here so that you would show forth the praises. Amen. Of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And God wants your life. He wants your family to be the expression of God to the world in which we live. Hallelujah. I believe that tonight with all of my heart. Hallelujah. The church is not an afterthought. It's not accidental. Amen. But it's with intention. It's with purpose that God places us here. And we begin to see a little bit more about that church. Amen. The book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 25 through 32. Amen. We would tell you, amen, upon reading this scripture here in a moment, that the church, amen, should cleave unto Christ. Amen. The church should cleave unto Jesus Christ. And we want to know in this scripture the similarity between Adam and his wife versus Jesus Christ and the church. 
Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Amen. Talking about, amen, wives and husbands. Amen. And also making the comparison to Jesus Christ and his church. He that loveth, it says, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated, ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning what? Christ, Christ and the church. This is a great mystery. It's a truth that was not known beforehand. But now it's revealed this is talking about Christ and the church. This is a visible representation of what it should be like, Christ and the church. A lot of times we, we've heard this, uh, this passage of Scripture read and quoted and applied to a man and a wife and holy matrimony. And that's all that we see. But if we could also flip that around and begin to see it the other direction. That just like a husband will love his wife and would cleave to her. And they would be one flesh, one body. Amen. The same thing with Jesus Christ and the church. But that's you and I, folks. That's you and I attached to Jesus Christ becoming one flesh. And we, we read about how that, uh, the Lord gave himself uh, for the church. And so a man ought to give himself for his wife. Amen. Christ died for the formation of the church, among other things. Amen. But Christ died for the formation of the church that you and I might here exist tonight. And the church is the body of Christ. Amen. There's scriptures that would give us uh, that uh, give us these. There's scriptures that would uh, that would tell us and help us understand how that the church is the body of Christ. How we're talking about the arms and the hands and the feet. uh, And that's part of the same body. There's a scripture in the word of God. I don't have it here tonight. Uh, readily available but the church is the body of Christ and the church is one with Christ in many aspects not only as children or as those that are redeemed but it is the highest and most exalted it is the highest and most exalted way amen the church is bought by the blood of Jesus Christ the church is bought by the blood of Jesus Christ amen we are the body of Christ amen how many understand that tonight we're the body of Christ Amen. We're a part of Christ and we take on his name in baptism. We become a part of the family of God and we're filled with his spirit. We we have that resurrection power and all those things go into play. Amen. Identifying us as a body of Christ. And I would tell you that the church is Christ's visible body to this world. The church is the expression of God to this world in which we live. If they can't see Christ through you and I, they may never see Jesus Christ. Amen. If, if, if in the course of the events of our day and people look at our lives and they don't see Jesus revealed or expressed through our lives, they don't see him at all. Amen. We are the only hope. The church is the only hope that this world has. And if we're not 
uh, uh, if we're not making Christ visible to our world, then we are concealing him. We are hiding Christ. We are keeping him under a bushel. Amen. But it is God's divine design. It is the intent, the purpose of God that we make visible his body, that we make visible the nature and the character and the desires of God. Hallelujah. The church is Christ's visible body. When Jesus states, I and my Father are one, does not mean merely the Father and Son agreed, but rather that the invisibility of the Father is being made visible in and through the Son. And similarly, in the church age, God is made visible through the church. God should be made visible through you and I. Amen. Others should be able to look at our lives and they should be able to see what Jesus looks like. Amen. And there's a problem, amen, that arises many times when we get on uh, we get on social media sites and we get on uh, different platforms and we begin to we begin to gripe and complain and tell everybody else about our problems and we begin to uh, we begin to tell people about all the things, all the woe is me, all the problems that we have. And people are looking at your life and they're saying, "Is that what Jesus is like? If that's what He's like, I don't want to be a part of it." And I would tell you today, Amen. Don't be, Amen. Don't be shoveled your turmoil and strife on social media. Amen. But you need to show forth the praises. Show forth the praises of Him. Show forth His praises. Amen. You're the visible representation of Jesus to the world. Hallelujah. And I would tell you that if all you're doing is showing off the problems and the turmoils and the strife in your life, then probably you're not connected to God. Probably you're not connected to Him. If you were connected to God, I can tell you every single time that I get myself in a place of prayer and I get a hold of God, amen, good things are going to come out from my lips. Amen, there's going to be a glow on my face probably and God's going to shine forth through my life. But when I've been neglecting a place of prayer, when I've been, amen, detaching myself from the presence of God, amen, other things begin to come out of my lips and they begin to exude from my appearance and people begin to see, man, that God needs the Holy Ghost. That God needs a good touch of God's Spirit because He's mean. He's ugly. He's vile. Amen. But when I get connected, when I get connected, amen, I can show forth the praises. I can be the visible representation of Jesus Christ to my world. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. There's a problem, a real problem, when all you do is tell people about your problems. You can meet somebody for the first time, and in five minutes, time to know all about your struggles, all about your problems, all about your trials. And you're, you're making visible what's on the inside. People are saying, man, stay away from that one over there. Keep clear over there. That's, we don't want to do that. But we want people to look at our lives. How is it that everywhere Jesus walked, people just followed him? Oh, man, there's Jesus. Oh, there he goes. I heard he's in town. And they just a crowd gathers because that begins. It's a divine law of attraction. As you get Jesus down on the inside, people will not be shunning you. People will not be trying to avoid you. They're going to be trying to get, hey, talk to me. Tell me something, anything. That, that's good enough. That's hope for my day. That brightened my day. You can brighten someone's day just by one hour prayer a day and opening your mouth and talking about Jesus. You can brighten someone's day. You become the visible representation of Jesus Christ to your world. 
Hallelujah. 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 The church is the continuation in the earth of God's expression of himself to mankind. The church is the continuation in the earth of God's expression of himself to mankind. When Jesus was here walking the face of the earth, amen, for some 33 and a half years, as we know, amen, he was the the representation, amen, but he ascended and he put that spirit, that same spirit, that same comfort, he put that in you and me, in you and I, that we, we might be the visible representation of him to mankind. And the church is that continuation of Jesus on the earth. We're the continuation of that ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. You can't reconcile somebody, amen, if you haven't checked your spirit. You can't reconcile somebody if you still got a, a poor old me spirit or you got a nasty spirit or wherever it may be. Amen. People are not going to be reconciled as long as you're harboring bitterness, as long as you're harboring strife, as long as you're harboring resentment, as long as you're harboring hurt and and bitterness and grief. But as long as you begin to put that in Jesus' hands, you begin to say, God, I give it all to you, God. Help me to be more like you, God. Help me to be the visible representation of God. Then and only then you begin to become an unfiltered vessel that God can reach out into your world. Amen. There's no longer bitterness. There's no longer strife. There's no longer turmoil that's clogging the pipe, so to speak. Amen. But God can flow through a clean vessel. God can flow through a vessel that's been prepared. Amen. For his spirit to move through. And God's looking to continue that ministry in the earth through the church. Amen. I would point out to you. Amen. There are scriptures. It says, of, without, uh, apart from God, I can do nothing. There are scriptures like that. And then the Gospels that, that make that reference. Jesus makes that reference. I can't do anything without the Father. I, I've got to stay connected to the Father. <coughs> and I would tell you that that points to Jesus Christ's connectedness. There has to be connectedness. Amen. To the Father. Amen. There has to be connectedness. The source of Jesus' dynamic ministry was his connectedness with the Father. Amen. I believe 100% and there's scripture all over the Bible to tell you that there's one God. And I'm not saying that there's two gods or three gods or three persons or three expressions. There's one expression. There's one person. Amen. But for sake of this, amen, this lesson tonight, I want to express to you, amen, the source of Jesus' dynamic ministry was he was connected And if we are going to have a dynamic ministry in 2017, if we're going to have a dynamic ministry in our homes and in our neighborhoods, it's so vital and so important that the church stay connected to God. We've got to stay connected. Amen. The problem arises when you begin to miss out on church and you begin to say, well, I'll miss this service or I'll miss that service and I can do this and I can do that. And you begin to disconnect and detach and further. And further and further you go. And suddenly you begin to find, I can't do anything. I've got to get back connected with God. I've got to get connected with God. I would tell you it's so important for you to be in church every single time the doors are open for service. It's so vitally important for you and I, for you and your family, amen, to make it to the house of God Wednesday night and Sunday morning, amen, and Monday night for prayer. And as much as you can, I would say it within myself. I've got to be connected to the source of life. If I want to have a ministry, if I want to be connected to God, 
I've got to show up. I've got to show up. I've got to stay connected. Jesus' purpose for being. His purpose for being was to express the unknown, invisible father to the world. He did this so thoroughly and so perfectly that he could truthfully say in John chapter 14 and 9, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He was in perfect alignment. He was in perfect alignment. He was connected to that source of life. He was so thoroughly and perfect and so perfectly. He did it so thoroughly and perfect that he could say truthfully, he that had seen me had seen the Father. How many of us could honestly say that? I myself included. When you've seen me, you've seen what Jesus looks like. That's a, that's a tough thing to say. My prayer is that one day I can say that. One day I can say, Brother Josh, when you're looking at my life, you're looking at the visible representation of Jesus' ministry. That's a tough thing to say. Could I honestly say that? I hope one day I can. Or I can say, if you're lo- you look at my life, that's what the life of Jesus looks like. Follow me as I follow Christ. There's a thought. How many of us could say that to our, our fellow friend? Follow me. I'm following Christ. Some things we want to put an asterisk by. I want to say, follow me in all things except for this area of my life. I'm still working on that one. <clears throat> that Oh, yeah, that over there, too. By the way, that one, yeah, don't do that. Don't do like I do. Just do what I tell you. But to honestly say, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm in perfect harmony. I'm in perfect unity. I'm doing exactly what God called me to do. I'm following after that perfect, that perfect way that God has called me in. And just as Christ's purpose was to bring the invisible Father to the world, the church's purpose or mission, the church's purpose or mission is to bring the invisible Christ to the world. That's our purpose. That's our mission is to bring the invisible Christ to our world. And the definition thus becomes of the church. Thus the definition of the church will be Christ expressed to the world. Can we honestly say that Christ is being expressed to our world through our lives? I would remind you I'm preaching to myself just like I'm preaching to every one of you. I'm not softening the blow. Amen. But I receive this in my spirit tonight. That we are to be the visible representation of Jesus Christ to our world. People should look at our house. They should be able to drive by our house. And maybe they, don't, maybe they don't see a brand new house with all the bells and whistles, but they should be able to look at our house and see some order, see some cleanliness. They should be able to walk into our home. You know, I mean, there's times, obviously, when you're running out the door, you know, to go to work or go to church and a tornado hits, probably. But by, by and large, for the most part, they should be able to walk into our house and see the order. They should be able to see cleanliness. They should be able to see... A person that takes pride in their appearance, in their dress, they should be able to see some expression of God. If people walk into your house and it's just 
tore up mess. Things are all over the place. Amen. You need to go back and question. Do I really have his spirit down deep in my soul? And God, what is there, God, that I need to fix in my life today, tomorrow, that others can look at my life and they can see the visible representation of the church, of, of God to this world? The church becomes Christ's body to the world. And with that, if we could stand to our feet. <clears throat> Amen. As we close this service out tonight. I don't know if the musicians have something. If you do, you can come on up at this time. Amen. But the church's identity and mission are inseparable. I want to tell us tonight that the church's mission and identity are inseparable. As you are connected to Christ, you begin to express Christ. You begin to be that visible representation of Christ to your world. And for the church to be is to do. To be like Christ is to do like Christ. To be Christians in every sense of that word is to live like a Christian. To be like Christ, amen, it's not just to come to church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night and speak in tongues and go home and forget about it. But it's also to do like Christ. There is no church in the Bible apart from being the body of Christ. Outside of that connectedness, the church ceases to be and do, and it becomes something other than the church. If you're not connected, amen, to the vine, as the Bible tells us we're the branches, if you're not connected to the vine, and you're not a part of what God is doing, amen, you lose that connectedness with the Father, you lose that connectedness with the Holy Ghost, you lose that connectedness, amen, you cease to become the church. The church will discover what it is to be and what it is to do by discovering who God is, which is what we're doing tonight, and then revealing those attributes of God to the world. The church will discover what it is to be and to do by discovering who God is. How do we discover who God is? Amen. We open up our, our Bibles, our scriptures, the scriptures, and we begin to read the Bible. Amen. There's times, amen, I walk through the church house and I see Bibles lying around the pews. And I'm thinking, they didn't take their Bible home. Wonder what Bible they were reading throughout the week. How are you going to be like Jesus if you don't know what his word says? You leave your Bible here. But as you discover who God is, then you can reveal those attributes of God to the world. Scriptures like, for be ye holy, be ye holy, for I am holy, begins to take on a new meaning. I want to be holy in my appearance, in my dress, in my manner of conversation, the things I look at. For God is love. Amen. I want to have a fresh baptism of the love of God. And that's my prayer. God help me to love more. Christ is portrayed as going out from the Father. We are to be mission-minded, reconciling the world unto Jesus Christ. And thus, the final thing I want to tell you today as they begin to sing, 
The church is for the world. The world is not for the consumption by the church. But rather it's the opposite. Amen. It should not be that throughout the course of your week you're just consuming things in the world. You're just consuming every other thing in this world except, amen, not getting a hold of God. And you're allowing the world to entertain you. You're allowing the world to to get your attention. But it should be the opposite, amen. You've got to realize that God is calling out a people for his name. God's calling out people from the Gentile race that he might show forth some praises, that he might reveal himself to this world in which we live. Hallelujah. As we close, amen, I want us to just gather around at the front altar area here. Amen. They're going to continue to sing unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want us to gather around the front. I want us to begin to reach out to God. Amen. I want everybody to come just for a few moments as we close. And I want our prayer tonight to be, God, help me to seek you as you are today. And God, once I seek you as you are, help me to mirror that image to the world. Help me, God, to be a part of the church of the living God. Help me to be connected with God. Help me, Lord, to live out the mission. Hallelujah. Help me to be and to do, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Group of people 